Well, my brothers and sisters, this morning in our gospel, we are presented with Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And in fact, our Alleluia, our gospel verse, uh, basically says just that. I am the Good Shepherd, says the Lord. I know my sheep and mine know me. It's a quotation, I believe, from the Gospel of John, although we, we just heard the Gospel of Matthew. That's a quotation from the Gospel of John. And if I'm not mistaken, I think in John as well, it says even more precisely that he calls each one by name, that the, the Good Shepherd calls each one by name. So here's a little segue. I, I encourage you to get your Holy Family Medal while it's still hot, so I can... Because I do know the names. I know Bill. See, the people whose pictures I've taken, I know Gloria, uh, Ellen, right? Right. And, and Ron, who just introduced me. But other people's names. Oh, Judy? Right? Okay. So, trying to get people's names down. It's a big help for me if you can, uh, if you can um, let me take your picture, and then I'll give you the medal. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but more seriously... Uh, Christ is the Good Shepherd, and what's wonderful is that he has not ceased to shepherd his people. The kind of compassion that we see here, Christ demonstrating towards these people 2,000 years ago, he hasn't stopped doing that. It says, uh, his heart was moved for pity of them. Now, that's an amazing thing. This is what we celebrate with the sacred heart of Jesus, is that God Almighty became a man, and God who is infinite love, he became a man and he actually, because he united to his divine nature, human nature, he has human emotions and he loves us with a human heart. That's an incredible thing. God loves us with a human heart. And so we see Christ being moved for pity, that kind of the emotion, the compassion he has. And he continues to do that for his people in two main ways he does that uh, as a shepherd. First of all, he feeds his sheep with the Holy Eucharist, which is nothing uh, less than his very own self. It is Jesus Christ risen from the dead in his humanity as well as his divinity present to us in the Eucharist. That's an incredible, incredible thing. And now our senses uh, cannot detect that. To our senses, it appears to be bread. Uh, But in reality, we know through faith, based on Christ's own words, who says, this is my body, and Christ, when he says something, he's not lying, Okay, we can can trust him implicitly, Uh, we know because of his words, because of the faith that we have in his words, that he he is really present to us. And he gives us his very self, to feed us. And he's been doing that for 2,000 years. That's an amazing thing. So so the Good Shepherd has not abandoned his sheep. And then the second way that he feeds his sheep is through teaching, through doctrine. And in a certain way, the doctrine in a certain sense, only in one respect, is more fundamental than the sacraments because apart from true doctrine, we cannot have true faith. And if we don't have true faith, we're not going to be disposed to receive the grace from the sacraments. So the true faith and then consequently true doctrine is something that's got to go before the sacraments and prepare the way uh, for the sacraments. Because if, we're, if we don't have true faith, you know, if you come to church and you don't believe anything and you come up and you receive communion, you're probably doing yourself damage. <laughs> 
it's, it's probably not good, actually. Okay, um, it, certainly it's not helping you. Certainly it's not helping you. But if you have faith and your heart is open to receive the grace of the sacrament, that's that's when you're going to benefit from it. That's when the grace that's in your heart will grow stronger and you'll get closer to Jesus and you'll be more prepared uh, for that journey towards heaven that we're all on. And so we thank God this morning that he gives us uh, the sacrament and he gives us also the word. He feeds us with his word, with his truth. And he does that through two ways. He does that through the Bible, but he also does it through the church. We need the church to interpret the Bible for us. Lots of times we can read the Bible and we can understand what it's saying and have a pretty good under, you know, you know, comprehension. Um, and uh, sometimes with the help of the Holy Spirit, if we pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we can really actually have the help of the Holy Spirit too while we read the Bible. And, and the Holy Spirit can illumine our minds and our hearts to the truth of what is being spoken. And so that's all very true and very good. Nonetheless, what happens when two people say, hey, I think this passage means this. No, I think it means that. And what if the difference is over something really important that has to do with our salvation? Okay. And so that's why Christ empowered the church to be able to be a judge, to, make, to, to be able to have the last word as far as interpreting the Bible. And so that's why we have the creed. That's why we have councils. There's been 21 ecumenical councils. All right, that's a lot of that's a lot of controversy throughout the history of the church. A lot of disagreement. And if we hadn't, if we don't have that insurance that Jesus is still present in the church and in the church's priests and the bishops in particular, and in the Pope uh, more precisely, uh, helping us to uh, discern the true meaning of Scripture we'd be lost. We would be like the sheep without a shepherd. But see, Christ has not left us abandoned. And he gives us that guidance when it comes to doctrine. For 2,000 years, he's been doing that. And that's what gets us ready and disposes us and opens our hearts so that we can receive the grace of the Eucharist, which we are about to celebrate right now.